All right, I think we're ready to go. Hi, everyone. I'm Shanley Thompson, and as you know me, I'm here to start with this podcast. This is my husband, Shane Harms, Shane Lee Harms, if you didn't know, and he has begrudgingly agreed to be part of this podcast today. Hello. He doesn't want to be here, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, I'm forcing him to be on here because... As it is Memorial Day long weekend here in Seattle and across America, I also take a mental vacation and forgot to invite anyone. So Shane is my esteemed guest today for the next 20 minutes. Like I said, we are only doing um, 20 minute podcast because it's nice, digestible, and you can listen to it on the go. So anyways, welcome Shane. Oh, before we get started, uh, just so you're all aware, we have changed the name to Fermentcentric, not Fermentality. So if you listened last week, it is a completely new name for this podcast. So um, sorry for the confusion. If you did want to listen to Fermentality, it is a wonderful podcast out of, I believe, the Atlantic Brewing Board. It's like a homebrew shop. But anyways, it's wonderful. So um, listen to that and, uh, and listen to so anyways we're gonna get started shane has cracked a nice cold one today it is 85 degrees or 28 degrees here in seattle mm-hmm. that, yeah yeah what are you what are you drinking right now shane uh i am drinking a delicious coors light wow so crafty the mountains are of it course was... blue if you're watching this podcast rather than Ice cold. Ice cold. It was the only thing left in the fridge. That's so. true, because I took um, this giant prowler. Our dear friends from uh, Jackknife were passing through the island a couple weeks ago, so they lovingly dropped off a bunch of prowlers, and this one is called the Hair Straight Back Spruce Dip Pale Ale. So, hand-picked pale ales, or hand-picked spruce dips, pardon me, um, that Brad, I'm sure, lovingly found in the bush somewhere. So, Oh, that's really good. Yeah, how is it? You want to try it? Yeah, yeah. love to. I don't usually drink spruce tip beer, but... Yeah, I've never been a real fan of spruce tip beers. Um, because they, they're too spruce yeah. tippy. And usually mm-hmm. what I find is that the malt backbone for them, um, if you've ever made a spruce tip beer, they're really um, intense. Mm-hmm. You know, very very malt forward, very sweet to balance out, you know, the bitterness and the, the pininess of the spruce tips. So that's usually what I have an issue with, but this is actually not that way. This is very lightly spruce tipped, um, well-balanced. Yeah, it's definitely not overpowering. It's fresh, bright, and clean, two-speeder cedar speed. Boats, motorcycles, and the smell of gasoline and couches on fire. What? Named in honor of Cal's boat. I can't wait to meet Cal. So I'll be doing a wonderful collaboration with them coming up in June, I believe at the end of June, on the 24th to 25th. So uh, Shan Ferments, Jackknife Brewing Collab, really looking forward to that. So um, stay tuned for more information on our little road trip that we'll be taking uh, a beer road trip, if you will. I haven't announced it yet. There's some things in the works at the moment. Um, but yeah, that'll be really fun. Now, Shane, you grew up in Minnesota. That's right, Shan. 
He loves being on the podcast. You can tell. You grew up in Minnesota. What is the most popular craft to drink there? Uh, I'd probably say Summit. Summit, Summit Pale Ale. Yeah. Um, Two-Hearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see a lot of that. Um, mm. Two-Hearted is a really iconic mm-hmm. beer. It's like Pliny the Elder for the Midwest, I would say. Yeah, But they, sure. they have started distributing out here. I have seen the... I think I sent you a picture of that when I was at Ken's. It's our local supermarket, which also has... Um, shout out to Ken's amazing selection of beer. Like, really impressive. It's not bad, yeah. It's not It's bad. impressive. But yeah, they have... Um, the two-hearted pack or the heavy-hearted pack or something like that. So it's all of the variations. Oh, isn't it like a du- the double IPA? No, they've got four now, different oh. variations on the two-hearted IPA. So that's, um, if you haven't had a two-hearted IPA, it's from Bell's Brewing out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And they, they really do just an incredible job at high-octane, high-hopped, delicious pale ales. Um, and, and, I believe it beat out Pliny a few years ago for best beer in Zimmergy magazine. I, I believe yeah. it did. Yeah. Yeah, that it, sounds right. It's not one you would want to drink on a boat for hours. That's that I've seen that done before. I remember being out on some of those pontoons in the uh-huh. summer. Yeah. So what would you say is how how would you say you lean? Like are you more now? focused on Pacific Northwest style beers, or do you still gravitate to, well, Coors Lights? In the summertime, I like that. I like the Coors Light, and maybe it's nostalgic for me. Um, And, you know, just working outside, I like to have just something I can drink all day. Um, But, yeah, I do lean toward the Pacific Northwest profile. Uh, I like Hot Forward, super resiny. Um, And I've kind of fallen off the, the... uh, hazy uh, mm-hmm. and i'm just I, i'm kind of over it i just i keep on coming back to that that North pacific northwest ipa so. why why would you say that like what what is the reason behind that shift back to pacific northwest because i think we're seeing that across the board um i i don't know it's just it's got that that punch to it that um the clarity it's just that's what when i think of beer that's what i think of but you, you and I have had this discussion before. You are not necessarily one for the Pacific Northwest IPAs that were uh, circa 2000, you know, like the crystal malt forward, the Sim, well, not even Simcoe at that point, but, you know, the multiple sea hops in there. Mm-hmm. You were more, you're more the, the new style of West Coast. So mm-hmm. still piney, resiny, and clear, but mm-hmm. not at, like no crystal malt added, definitely less multi backbone and less intensely bitter would you say that's correct yeah i'd say that's correct i do like a bitter um beer profile but i I also don't like the stronger uh malt that you'd see you know back in that era that i'm definitely not um a fan of that i like uh just a a softer malt (laughs) softer malt what would you say now shane shane worked at pyramid brewing as one of the seller sellermen Sort of. Um, this I mean, was that's back a reach. in 2010, 2011. I poured beer, Shan. Well, you also had a, you know, <laughs> what is that? A pallet jack certification? 
Oh yeah. Um, what are those uh, the, called now? The forklift. Forklift yeah. certification. So we did get certified. I was certified. There yes. you go. Oh, see. Yeah. So, anyways, that's why I fell for him. If he didn't know. <laughs> um, no, this was back in 2010. What shifts have you seen? Because you also were a bartender. You did port here. What shifts did you see over the course of those 10 years while you were bartending in Seattle? Uh, on the, in terms of beer? It could be anything. Um, well, I mean, the city has changed, so we won't get into that. But as saw, far as beer and maybe even alcohol consumption, what kind of spirits and cocktails were being uh, asked for? Less, I, I saw the... Um, emergence of fruit in your beer interesting and now that his diet well actually asked tavour like there's all kinds of beers like with yeah fruit or uh ice cream <laughs> well they do a lot of drecker and if you don't know drecker drecker is out of fargo north dakota um and they do what is it, the chonk so it's like a mm. very very forward um set of beers series of beers that are all milkshake style and milkshake IPAs and very heavily fruited and it's like angry chair so angry chair is also out of tampa florida and they focus on marshmallow rocky road imperial stouts and there is a market for it still but it's definitely not the market as it once was mm -hmm. those pastry stouts just aren't being mm -hmm. I, I know that at our local which is ridgewood they don't have a lot of Pastry stouts on tap. No, not at all. <laughs> Would you say there's any pastry stouts on tap? I know. I, I've never seen that. <laughs> but I guess I haven't been looking for it. That's true. You just see a lot of the hazies still. Sure. Um, a lot of the traditional Pacific Northwest IPA. Um, a lot of dark ales. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing a lot more Holy Mountain there. Yeah. With the, uh, the new shop opening. Yeah. So, We're very lucky. We have very close to the new shop as apparently a lot of people do so i think i know i'll be i'll be a frequenter of that area and it's it is exciting it is interesting to see that because i know jellyfish also just announced their new location their new tap room which is going to be down in green lake area of seattle so they're expanding and what i'm Ooh. i think i'm seeing at least slowly is this evolution from just a brewery and a tap room attached to the brewery to tap rooms in addition to a tap room and a brewery. So satellite tap rooms, mm -hmm. not just relying on district distribution tap rooms like Ridgewood or Chuck's Hop Shop. Um, or if you're familiar um, listeners up in Canada, we've got the Commons in Winnipeg. Um, you've got uh, the Drake mm -hmm. in Victoria. So there's, you know, there's multitude of those still in existence. Um, but what I am seeing is at least here in Seattle is the pop-up of new smaller satellite tap rooms mm -hmm. that don't have a brewery in them. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I mean, it's exciting to me. <laughs> no, I'm very excited. That's good. Um, to, to Just to have another. we're going a lot. What? <laughs> we'll be there a lot. No, we'll definitely be there. No, you have an interesting story about Holy Mountain because you were also a journalist here in Seattle and you kept up with a lot of, you know, the emergence of these breweries back it's, in the day. It's true. Yeah. Um, I did a, a 
business profile on Rubens when they first opened. I think Stoop, I think I, I was one of the first stories I ever wrote and it was terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was about Stoop opening. And I was in there, you know, I barely knew how to use my digital camera. And oh my I, gosh. I made it work, but. And they um, just invented digital cameras too. So you know how old he is now. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, 2007. So <laughs> I wasn't even out of high school in 2007. Oh. Oof. Anyways, um, you were saying about Holy Mountain that back when they first opened, they were almost oh, right. against. They, yeah, I remember they, they wouldn't make IPAs, but people would still line up at Holy Mountain, course, you know, yeah. but um, they said that. And then I, I think it just, uh, it just takes time. You know, um, you can only sell so many lagers and pilsners before people are demanding the IPAs. You know, it's just like a staple of but flavor it was profile. Just, was it just IPAs or, or pardon me, was it just pilsners, lagers, or was it, they have a very large barrel program. Yeah, I you know I can't remember that, but I just remember not being able to get an IPA in there. Interesting, uh, but but I mean, yeah, you know, things change. Yeah, things change. change. You realize the market share, or or who knows? I mean, I don't know why they they changed, but um, you know, I remember Rubens. They were you know saying that they wouldn't be distributing, and now look at them. Yeah, you know, they just wanted to be a neighborhood pub, but. I mean, they're or really not a pub, but you know, yeah. brewery. One of the best, one of yeah, the best, yeah. and one of the most prominent breweries in the Pacific Northwest. I think they definitely. Did they sell to Oregon? I can't remember the last time I was there. Rubens. Rubens. Did they do they distribute down in Oregon? Yeah. Uh, I think they do. I think so. Yeah. Definitely in Washington, but for sure. Yeah. No, I think it is interesting seeing, especially from your perspective as someone who's mainly just a consumer, what you've seen as someone behind the bar and, you know, in mm -hmm. front of the bar mm -hmm. as trends and what, what has become available. Mm -hmm. Now, were you really excited about Pliny making its reappearance here in the city of Seattle? Uh, yeah, you, you know, I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not the first buyer, but the most frequent, maybe. <laughs> you know. I mean, I did. I did go down to Chuck's. Yeah. And then uh, when I discovered that Ridge had it, um, you know, I've I've been. Of course. You know, uh, I'm down there when they get a shipment in. Watch it, you know, in my email. Oh, you have them on email blast now. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. You are a consumer. And then you can go on their website and check out their inventory. You were excited about this because we found out that Shane loves Strata hops. This is like his favorite hop right now. And it's true. On Ridgewood's website, you can actually filter by hop profile, which I think is just, yeah. you know me, hop head, love, love that. Because that, to me, gives me the most insight into what that's going to taste like. Mm -hmm. What I, what I'd like to see eventually, because I don't know, there's going to be a lot of hops out there. They're, they're, they're the most spice-like, I guess, of the beer world. But I would love to see when we start into more of these unique strains of yeast mm -hmm. having that as a filter because yeast really does make a huge impact and right now we've got the main players um uso1 um london fog what is it chico london fog anyways i'm probably saying that wrong it's been a long time since i bought yeast but anyways 
I think what I'd like to see, well, mm -hmm. Cosmic Punch being one um, from Omega, those kind of stylized niche, those GMO geeks, ones that are particularly doing things in addition to just being a fermentation agent, mm -hmm. I think that's going to be really interesting moving oh, yeah. forward. Now, whether or not the consumer really realizes it, I think you have a better insight just because I spout this shit all the fucking time. I think it. I think it'll be interesting from a consumer perspective, someone who doesn't know. Yeah. Because I mean, not everyone knows what the hops are doing either. I mean, I just put champagne yeast in everything I when I brew. But um... he's a mead stir, everyone. So you know, he married someone. <laughs> I make wine fermenting. too. But yeah, I, I mean, look at sourdoughs, you know, and how they differ from uh, other breads, you know, yeah. um, the yeast acting on, uh, as an agent acting on the grain, uh, it changes it. Absolutely. You know? No, and that's, so that, that's exactly it. It's, it's a different, it's a different style. Wild yeast, mixed fermentation. I mean, those who can't really be categorized, but when they become commercial and repeatable, yeah. you know, like, like hops. I think that's when we're going to start seeing as that develops um, more, more information come out for the consumer, whether or not they pay attention to it. And that, that will be the most interesting part because I mean, brewing geeks, mm -hmm. I'm like, sweet, it's got cosmic punch in it. It has, you know, in, um, in Canada, we have style Libre because in Canada, you can't bring GMO anything across the border, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Ooh. So there's a lot of, bootlegging of GMO yeast, a lot of sharing going on yeah. under the table. But, you know, the things happen slowly. Mm -hmm. I think even now we're just seeing consumers be more sensitive to the hops, right. but picking out a beer because it has a certain hop in it. Well, I, I just had a conversation with um, a friend of mine on a different podcast, and he didn't know what Eldorado hops did. Oh. Because Kilter in Winnipeg, they use a lot of Eldorado hops and have have a lot of Eldorado hops on hand. We were discussing that. He goes, what kind of profile does that have? So the consumer, the average consumer, despite, you know, drinking a lot of beer, they're still not privy to what goes on behind the scenes. And we, I think in the brewing industry and people adjacent to the brewing industry think they know a lot more mm -hmm. than, than we're giving credit for. So, you know, we can list them out there, but I think the more information out there, the better for the consumer. If you hear me, you know, it, it's important to be able to say, okay, these have these hops in them. Like you're picking yeah. out a wine. Sure. You're not just saying savvy B. I just want a Savion Blanc. Like, I just want a white wine. There's so many different variations to that. Yeah, but it's different though, because you're asking for like a Savion Blanc or a Cabernet Sauvignon, like that you're asking for a grape. You're not, right. when you're ordering a beer, I'm not asking for a Citra. True. Give me a, give me a Citra beer. You know? Right, but there are a lot of, like, Citra does play a huge role in how that beer tastes. So having that information available to the consumer is I mean, good, but I don't know that it will ever get to the point of wine. No, it, it's just a different animal. But Citra was kind of a bad example, too, because that it's has blown everything. up. It's I mean, literally yeah. everything. Strata is a good example. Well, Strata is yeah. now in a lot, too, because it does provide that really nice dank character mm -hmm. without overpowering it. I think Strata is absolutely yeah. killer. I think it's one, Alpha King gets put on every year. So Alpha King is a challenge that involves brewers just sending out 
the hoppiest beer, like high alpha. That's why it's called Alpha Fan. It's put on by Three Floyds, which is out of Indiana. Um, and they they love doing this kind of um, competition. So it's not really based on like how good it is and how good the beer is. It is purely how intensely better it is. It. <laughs> and Strata beers have actually won the last two years, mm -hmm. I believe. Or all the top 20s have strata in them mm -hmm. because it does provide that bitterness without being aggressive if you will you know and i'm a ibu fiend yeah right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um do you know how many ibus are in it no no oh. one cares about IBUs oh anymore. you're you're outdated <laughs> have we not talked about oh see that's on me at this point what would you say since we talk cops all the time yeah we do Fair. What would you say is your favorite pop right now, aside from Strat? I'd have to say Citra. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. It's not real. He's lying, everyone. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was on. I was on the Galaxy Kick for a long time. Galaxy, um, uh, Georgetown. What did they do with Galaxy? Was it Johnny? Was it Utah? Great question. I actually uh, don't know. I, I think it was Johnny Utah because I did that little write up. Thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I mentioned that, but I, I can't be sure. I haven't had that beer in a long time. It's just become so commonplace for Georgetown to exist. Like, Bodhisattva is literally everywhere. It is. Which is not that, like, yeah. by no means am I upset with that because Georgetown puts out an incredible product. Like, you know, when you go to a bar and you're like, oh, I don't know what I want to drink. Bodie's on, you're going to drink fat. Unless the wine. Unless Manny's on. Unless the wines aren't so full. Oh, that's There's a few issues in Seattle sometimes. Uh, Clean your lines, everyone. That, I think, is really the killer there. So, Do you remember when you moved to Seattle? Did you have a Manny's and a Mac and Jack? I did have a Mac and Jack at the stadium, oh, no you? less. Yes. <laughs> that was, uh, I went with. Schmidler, my friend um, Adam Schmidler, who moved before me, we drank Rainiers and Mac and Jacks at the stadium. I don't even remember. Oh, we went for a song, Sounders game. Yeah. That was the only Sounders game I've ever been to. Oh, I've never been. I don't like. I this is unpopular opinion. I hate soccer. You do? I don't. I can't do it. I love soccer. Uh, well, I mean, I don't watch a lot of sports anyway, but. No. If it's just, on, I, I have to admire it. Really? Yeah, they're I running can't. constantly. I, I'm uh, sorry. You know, every goal is important. It's not like basketball, it's like you know, piling in the, the shots. Wow, wow. Or it's it's more like hockey. You know, like you get like a three to two game, and that's intense. That's or two to one. You know, Lots for soccer. Yeah, I'll try that. It's really good. Well, that's the episode for today, everyone. I'm glad you joined in. Like I said, just little bite-sized episodes we're gonna have uh next week we have a few different guests that i will be interviewing and talking to and again stay tuned for more information on our road trip which is sure to delight and amuse yeah how long uh will we be on the road don't know i'm i'm driving so i need to know this thing well we don't know because it's a it's a van that's old and it might break down dad has offered to drive behind us for the first day just to make sure, mm. which gives me a lot of confidence. So we might be on the road for a little bit. What year is it? 1980. 1980? Yeah. Okay. Westphalia. Yep. The blue bus. You're giving away too much. Oh, sorry. 
This is more for next week's episode. Okay. Thanks everyone for tuning in. You can find us on Spotify and Chanferments on Chanferments.com. And you can find Shane at Shane Harms Northwest on Instagram and ShaneHarms.com. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.